The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. Nice to see everybody. We expected that it would be a small group on um, Thanksgiving Eve. So I'm Diana Clark, and this is Jim Podolsky, and this is our good friend Kim Allen. Shin Kwan isn't with us this evening, but um, Kim is. And tonight, um, Jim will be leading a guided meditation, and Kim will be um, giving us a, a Dharma talk. So I'll do a little 30-second um, review of the past few weeks. So on meditation, we started with instructions on uh, mindfulness of breathing, and then we um, moved to mindfulness of the body, and then tonight we'll have a guided meditation on mindfulness of emotions. And with um, the Dharma talks, last um, the first week of this beginner's pr- practice group, um, Jim started with the Four Noble Truths. It's a truth of dissatisfaction, discomfort, and unease. It's the first truth. The second is the origin of that dissatisfaction. The third is the cessation of that dissatisfaction. And the fourth truth is the path leading to the cessation of dissatisfaction. On the second week, we talked about the path. I gave a Dharma talk about the Eightfold Path, and I said there are, about, there are three domains in which these um, path factors lie in. It's the, kind of the domain of our relationships with others, the domain of our mental cultivation, and the domain of wisdom. So those are kind of the three different categories that the path factors fall into. And tonight, um, we're going to look at one path factor in particular, and that is speech. Right speech. It's really important, and it makes a great um, impact on both the way that we, um, when we start to pay attention to how we speak, speak, we can see our intentions. They kind of are, often our words are our intentions out loud, whether we intend them to be or not. And it's also a great way to bring harmony in the world, too. So um, we'll have a talk about um, right speech. So with that is a really brief introduction of what's happened the preceding weeks and a little bit about what's happening tonight. I'll turn it over to Jim, who will start with a guided meditation. Thank you. Well, good evening, everyone. So I'm not going to start with the guided meditation. I'm going to start with a a little bit of instruction. I wanted to start by asking, is this the first, is anyone new to this series? Okay, so, and has everyone had mindfulness meditation instruction of some kind, either the five-week course that just ended or one in the past? Is there anyone that hasn't? Oh, so you haven't had mindfulness meditation instruction. Okay. Um, So mindfulness meditation is about developing the ability to pay attention to what's happening right now as it's happening. 
So what it is that you pay attention to can change. You know, it'll, it'll change as you sit. But the intention is to notice what's going on. So in order to do that, it takes getting into a posture. Um, if you, for example, if you're sitting in a chair with your feet flat on the ground, uh, your hands either on your knees or folded in your lap, and then kind of an alert and upright spine, you know, so not leaning back into the chair, just maybe either not touching the back of the chair at all or just um, maybe the very lower part of the back touching. And posture is important because um, you want to simultaneously be alert. You want to bring a certain energy to this practice, you know, in order to, to not fall asleep the body needs to be energized. So sitting with an alert and upright posture, maybe a slight um, curve in the lower back. And so letting the spine carry the upper body, the, the head, the neck, the shoulders, and the upper body. And then at the same time, letting everything else relax. So you're sort of finding that balance of being both alert and relaxed. And it, take, it takes a while. Um, and then we start by paying attention to the breath. And so we covered the breath two weeks ago, or we reviewed the breath two weeks ago. Um, I think that was Diana, right? Yeah. So we, take, we let the breath be the focus of our awareness. So as you sit and pay attention, the thing that you, the default is to pay attention to your breath, the sensations in the chest or the nostrils or the abdomen, and let everything else just kind of be in the background of your awareness. So it's an ability to just let your awareness rest on one object. And so we start with the breath. And we'll, we'll do that when we go into the guided meditation. Um, over time, you might find some physical sensation arises. And you're sitting and you're paying attention to your breath and then maybe there's a, your ear starts to itch or your knee starts to throb or you know, there's some physical sensation. And if that becomes the the most compelling experience that you're having. And, you know, it takes a while to kind of decide, okay, well, is it compelling enough for me to let go of the breath and go to the physical sensation? But if the physical sensation is predominant, then you drop the awareness from the breath and you move it to the physical sensation. And you notice, um, what's it like? For example, I often will feel sensations in my knee, you know, so is it, is it warm, is it cold, is it tingling, is it dull, is it getting stronger, is it getting weaker, is it staying the same, does it tend to move, does it physically seem to be moving around or staying in the same place. So, uh, you know, we're just bringing a... Um, kind and curious attention to that physical sensation 
and then you might find over time that that it just um, no longer is compelling and so then you bring your awareness back to the breath and we covered that last week when Shin Kwan uh, guided the meditation so tonight we're going to talk about the next category of experience that you can pay attention to which is emotions so you know, you're sitting you're paying attention to the breath um, and you may notice an emotion arise and so that's what we'll talk about tonight is when an emotion arises how can one pay attention to it in a way that um, helps us be present with it to not to not either try to hang on to it or push it away but just notice what what it's like to have an, an emotion um, going on and I think maybe the best way for me to um, review that is through the guided meditations so Let's all start by, um, you know, you might want to shift around a little bit. Um, you know, if you're sitting on a cushion, um, making sure that you have a, a little bit of arch in your lower back, your hands in a comfortable position. Uh, if you're sitting on a chair, your feet flat on the ground, your hands either in your lap or on your knees. And then start by gently closing your eyes. And then take a few somewhat deeper breaths. And the purpose of that is so that you can start to connect with where in your body do you sense the breath the easiest. For some people, the breath is easiest uh, notice, say, like in the nostrils or the upper lip. Others might find that the sensation of the breath in the chest is where they feel it the easiest. Some of it might be the belly. So wherever it is, see if you can just bring your awareness to that part of the body. And for the moment, just let everything else drop away. And once you've kind of found that place, once you've connected with the sensations of the breath, then you can let the breath just go back to its normal cadence, you know, its normal rhythm, its normal depth. No need to really make the breath any particular way. You're not really trying to manufacture a certain experience. You're just noticing what's it like to be sitting here breathing.
So it's a simple process, just sitting and mostly paying attention to the breath. As you hear sounds, you can just let notice that they they kind of come and go. Just kind of, you don't have to push them away. Just leave it in the background. And it can be helpful for some people since the mind likes to, to stay involved to gently note the in-breath and the out-breath. So during the in-breath, noting in, and on the out-breath, silently and gently noting out. So in and out, in and out. Or if you're noticing the breath in the chest or the abdomen, you might note rising, falling, rising, falling. Not that your mind is commanding the body what to do. It's just noting what is happening. It's just observing. So after a few minutes of sitting, paying attention to the breath, you might very briefly notice whether there's any tension in the body, you know, any tightness, maybe in the head, the face, the eyes, the jaw, any tension in the neck or the shoulders, any tension in the back, the chest or the abdomen, any tension in the arms or the hands, any tension in the hips, the upper legs, the lower legs, the feet, If there's any tension and it's easy to let go of, then let it go. See if you can bring a little bit more relaxation to the posture, to the body, to the mind. And if it's not easy to let go of, then just let it be. Just set kind of a background intention to, to be sitting with as much relaxation and ease as is possible while simultaneously 
having an alert and energetic posture so that the mind can know what's happening as it's happening. So for now, just staying with the breath, being present for it, attending to it, attending to what the sensations of the breath are like. At some point you might notice um, an emotion arising. I can't really say what that emotion would be for you, but you might just start noticing something Might be something subtle. Sense of ease and peace. Might be some minor agitation or annoyance. Some joy, some fatigue. be some curiosity, some boredom. Whatever it is, with emotions, the first instruction is to just recognize that something is present, something is going on. not that we need to make an emotion happen. We can just recognize when an emotion is present.
have our preferences around emotions. Some we like, want to hang on to, try to keep them around as long as possible. Others we don't like, really don't want to even let ourselves know that they're there. Some maybe we're kind of indifferent to. So in this meditation, once you recognize that an emotion is present, see if you can bring a certain acceptance to it, a certain allowing of that emotion to be present, to manifest. Just allowing the emotional energy to manifest itself in the body and in the mind. And observe it just as you might be observing the breath. if you can bring some investigation to the emotion. Where do you feel it in the body? What's its physical manifestations? Is it strong or is it weak? Is it pleasant? neutral or unpleasant. Does it get stronger or does it get weaker? Or does it stay the same? Does it stay in the same place or does it move around? purposes of this meditation, you can just let the emotion express itself 
And all you need to do is watch, be curious. Experience it as though it's the first time you've had that emotion. And look at it with new eyes. Also, after spending some time with the emotion, you can name it. Say, oh yeah, happiness. Yes, happiness. Or grief, oh grief. Naming it can sometimes make it easier to be with. belonging to you, but just a universal human experience. A universal human experience that comes and goes, comes and goes. You can stay with the emotion as long as you want. And undoubtedly it will depart on its own. And when that happens, you notice that, you can then bring your awareness back to the breath. Just let yourself, let your awareness rest in the ease of the breath.
waiting for the next thing to arise. In a few moments, I'll ring the bell. And when you're ready, you can gently open your eyes. So I'm curious to know what that was like for you all and whether there was anything about it that um, raised any questions for you or things that you wanted to um, share with the group. So we have some time now for uh, comments, questions, observations. Um, you know, was this difficult? Was it easy? When you have an emotion, um, when you acknowledge that you have an emotion, do you think about, like, why do I have this emotion or where it comes from? Hmm. Well, I, I would say, I mean, there's probably no general answer to that, but I'd say for the purposes of the meditation, we pro probably in most of our lives when an emotion comes up, we go into that trying to analyze, you know, you know, the whole story of what happened and things like that. I think in the meditation, it's probably more useful to just notice just what's the emotion like, what's the direct experience of it. You know, you may have some psychological insight later of, oh yeah, you know, maybe it was that comment that somebody made to me at work today or um, you know, that's coming back. And, and that, those can be useful. But I think f for the meditation, for the purposes of the meditation, just noticing 
um, what it's like and becoming familiar with the the visceral experience is, is probably, in my view, might be the best thing. I don't know, maybe um, Kim or Diana might... <laughs> so I'm feeling happy now. <laughs> Feels great. Yeah. Is there anyone else? Yeah, emotions is something that I I struggle the most when I meditate. Uh, I seldomly feel an emotion by itself. It usually comes as a consequence of some narrative. Mm-hmm. And it's, they always come riding on some ideation of sorts. Uh, they, mm-hmm. they are very entangled with, with ideas, really. They, they have a, yes, a hard time feeling an emotion first and then naming it, so to mm. speak. Yeah, I was wondering <laughs> how to develop some acuity on, on, on being aware of my emotions, but... I, it doesn't happen with body sensations, with with the breath, with it in general. Mm. But. Mm. Do you want to? This is what uh, comes to mind. I don't know if this um, if this will be the best for you or for. Microphones have been. Is this better? Yeah, it's a little bit better. But um, emotions, I was surprised to learn, I'll say this, when I started meditating, how um, intimately tied up with physical sensations they are. So often um, when I'm angry, I can feel like a tightening in my gut. It's not a, it's subtle. Like if I want to, pay attention to it, I can find like, oh yeah, there it is. Or if I'm, I'm frightened, I sometimes can feel that in my chest. So often, um, if you want to, let's say this, if I want to pay attention to my emotions, sometimes I will pay attention to my physical sensations. For me as an individual, if my gut and my chest tell me a lot about what's happening. I'll say actually also my shoulders. If I'm kind of, I don't know, trying to hide, you know, I feel, I don't know, like ashamed or sad or something like this, maybe my shoulders will go up, or if I'm tense or angry or something like this. So this could be um, one path in, I think. It's not the only one, but it could be one. I think that's very true for me also, is that um, I'm not someone that often feels uh, emotions directly in a way that I would immediately say, oh, this is the emotion, and then be able to explore it from there. There's usually a doorway through the body, or you mentioned, um, I think you said ideation. So for you, thoughts are um, an entryway into your emotions. And I might even go a little bit broader than that and make a more radical statement is that for some people emotions are not independent events Uh, they are in fact if you look at them composite events 
I mean, what is an emotion really? It's a physical sensation and some something in your mind, a story about it or a thought about it. So I'm not sure that emotions are themselves very fundamental. They, are con- they consist of other things. And we can use any of these other things as entryways into understanding that total composite experience of the emotion. And um, this is a worthy exploration, is to tease apart the different parts of an emotion. That's another way to be mindful of emotions. So, we in, as well, um, I think for me sometimes the way that I know that there's a mo- an emotion present is that there are thoughts that for me often if the story just keeps going and going and going and I go, well, you know, it's really, it's not a very interesting story, but it just seems prevalent. It can often be fueled by an emotion, you know, uh, uh, fear often comes up for me, or anxiety, you know, um, you know, uncertainty. And so, feeling that um, anxiousness can often be, can often lead to thoughts, of, planning thoughts of like, how am I going to, so how am I going to deal with, if this happens, how am I going to deal with it? And, and how did they deal with it in the past? And, um, after many, many years, I started to realize, you know, maybe I'm not going to figure out the answer in my head. <laughs> maybe I need to pay attention to what's, what's happening in the body. And so, for some people, that can often be the clue that when, when the, the, the thoughts are just kind of running um, incessantly, that it's that might be the time to start looking for is there something else besides the thoughts going on so hopefully that that could be helpful yes when you started was there any time where you felt like you were Um, when you first started meditation, was there any time where, um, for some reason, you'd fall asleep rather than get more deep into yourself? Um, I always felt when I first started meditating, it was like, I, how do I control not falling asleep? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think I've got that under control, but every once in a while, you know, that happens. And Yeah. Yeah, sleepiness... Um I guess there's probably two things that I would say about it. One is that it might be that you really are, that you really do need sleep. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, doing a lot of things. Uh, um, in which case, sleeping, actually stopping meditating and going and sleeping may be a skillful thing to do. There's other times when sleepiness, for me, is kind of the mind's strategy for not having to look at what it doesn't want to look at. You know, so when things get... Actually, when I first came to meditation, I was in charge of a big project. I was building a new spectrometer at NASA. And 
by about the middle of the afternoon, I was so overwhelmed with anxiety that I couldn't pay attention to the anxiety. I, I would just lay down and fall asleep. So, you know, sometimes that sleepiness can be um, a way to, to not look at something. Particularly if you notice you're, you're really, really tight, you know, like you're really, really sleeping in meditation, and then as soon as you get up, it's like you're wide awake and everything's fine. It's like, oh, so, so uh, you know, kind of paying attention to sleepiness is, um, is an important part of the practice, you know. And, and you, might be able to, you might be able to, um, you know, bring a little bit more energy to your posture, um, so I hope hope that's helpful. Can you uh, just add? Um, I will open my eyes. I'll just add that um, when I'm sleepy and meditating, I'll meditate with my eyes open, just maybe with a soft gaze. But it's very difficult to fall asleep with your eyes open. So I'll just say that. Mm-hmm. And then um, one other thing that I've um, done before is um, I've held my breath just for a little while and that kind of like wakes you up if you're uh, holding your breath mm-hmm. so just these things I've mm-hmm. done okay so I think it's oh here you go yeah um, so lately what you said made me think of this that I, I've been also under quite a bit of professional stress lately and I've been dealing with when I'm meditating just general feelings and thoughts of restlessness and anxiety, feeling like, oh, I got, I got so much to do, you know, why am I doing this? I should be making the kids lunch for tomorrow and doing dishes and whatever. Um, and it, it's difficult to sort of stop that train of thought. And, you know, I'm familiar with some of the techniques and name it and just say, like, I'm feeling restless, I'm feeling whatever. But it, I don't know, it kind of feels like a snowball that's. It's already it's already going. It's got momentum on its own, and I'm wondering if any of you have any thoughts about contending with something like that. Mm. Do you do you have anything? Kind of feeling overwhelmed, but also sort of this sensation that you know there's so much else to do that this is probably not the best use of time, or something like that. Yeah. It- it sounds to me like what you're describing is um, a mind that's a little bit distracted. You know, it's got it's got multiple things competing for your attention at the same time. And what can help sometimes is to, um, well, I'll give a couple of options and maybe my colleagues can help out. One is to feel your body more clearly. Sometimes um, that I, I find that when I get scattered like that or um, unable to focus because there seems to be too much, it's because I've let too much energy go into my head, basically. And so literally feeling my feet against the ground can be very helpful or feeling um, the sort of the center of my belly, you know, the sort of center of the being that they talk about in martial arts. Just feeling really grounded um, can help rein the mind in when it's doing that. So that's kind of my first suggestion. And then the other would be, if you feel like this is happening because your awareness is very wide, like my mind is, If you're, I don't know if you have looked at how big your mind feels, but if it feels very big 
and you feel overwhelmed because it's so big, it's encompassing a lot of stuff. You're thinking about today and tomorrow and two days from now and after dinner and this kind of thing. It can help just to narrow the focus and say, you know, for the next 15 minutes, um, all I'm doing is, all I'm going to see is what's right in front of me, and I'm just going to do this task that's right here. That sometimes works. I I said that second because I think it's not as effective as the body for me, but that's an option also is to just make the awareness more narrow. So I think now we're going to be, um, it's our time to move to uh, Dharma talk that Kim is going to give.